Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Sports Medicine On Tap, episode one. We are very excited to be finally coming to you live from Neck of the Woods Brewing Company, located inside beautiful Total Turf Experience. I am Jason Kopeck, joined every week by Dr. Stephen Frey. Dr. Stephen Frey, we are finally here. We got our preview episode out of the way. This is it. We're finally off and running. I'm really excited to announce that we have a, a, another partner of ours with us here today, Dr. Brad Bernardini. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, uh, fellas. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name's Brad Bernardini. I am a partner with Reconstructive Orthopedics. I'm a sports medicine orthopedic specialist. Uh, my background is um, as much of a jock as it is uh, a doctor. So I played football, I ran track at Bucknell University, and uh, subsequent to that got into triathlon, which kind of got me into the interest in sports medicine and performance enhancement and all the things that we uh, are interested in these days. And then went to uh, med school in Chicago, did my residency at UConn, and did a sports medicine fellowship out in Taos, New Mexico, which is a beautiful ski valley, and uh, came back home where I grew up here in New Jersey and uh, joined my father, who's one of my partners, and uh, subsequently have uh, joined Reconstructive Orthopedics about six years ago, and uh, happy to be part of it. We're well, happy to have you here tonight, Dr. Bernardini. Uh, as he mentioned, we are all with Reconstructive Orthopedics, located here in South Jersey. So we're about 20 minutes outside Philadelphia, which makes us all Philadelphia sports fans. So we thought there was no better place to start this week than uh, an injury to Joel Embiid with the Philadelphia 76ers. You know, we, we've been through some tough times with the Sixers, some down years, right? We've been trusting the process for a long time now. And the 2020-2021 season was off to a great start. And uh, Joel Embiid was undoubtedly in the running for MVP. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen the injury by now, right? Uh, March 12th, he goes up for a thunderous dunk, comes down on his, on his leg, and the leg hyperextends, right? And he goes down. And he, he's a large individual. We all know that, right? Seven feet tall, 280-ish, maybe even closer to 300 pounds, right? And he goes down in a heap. So you guys have both seen the injury at this point. You know, whoever wants to jump off, Dr. Frey, what did you think when you first saw that? So, you know, it's kind of scary when it first happens, right? You see the knee go the other way, you know, the way it's not meant to go. Maybe not quite Willis McGahee style, but, but, but <laughs> it did extend a little bit. And um, the first thing that runs through your mind is, dear God, it's his ACL. We have the benefit of a few weeks now. The, the injury didn't happen just yesterday, and we're recording the show. <clears throat> and we've gotten the, the, the official report being a hyperextension injury, associated bone contusions. And I got to tell you, it, from my opinion, you feel a lot better about that. Brad, why don't you tell me what your thoughts are? I, you know, I got to be honest, I'm a little bit of a, a cynical guy. I think when it comes to sometimes what we hear from the media and uh you know what teams are willing to release with regard to high level athletes i when i saw the injury i agree with you i i think the first thing that i thought was this is a, a major ligament injury at, at a minimum and um I, I still am a little bit worried about there being something that maybe isn't 
obvious on an MRI. I think you know one of the things people think that MRIs are are um, you know kind of written in stone and something that we can rely on um, as as gospel, so to speak. And I, you know, I think that experience has shown us that that's not always the case. I do worry about him and uh, his ability to you know have a fully functional knee. And you know, if you go back another another step. This is the same knee that he's already had surgery on for a lateral meniscus tear. At the time of that surgery in 2017, they, they told him that this was going to be a complex surgery, six-month recovery. And after the surgery, they said, oh, it wasn't as bad as we thought. Quick recovery. It sounds like they just trimmed out some of the meniscus. But I always worry about that. You know, what, what really happened then? What did it leave him with? Were there any deficits that he kind of came through with? I, obviously, he's been playing well so there's no question he recovered from that but I I just kind of worry about that a little bit there's a lot of complicated things that we could probably talk here for the next hour about you know the the what ifs the the very subtle things that maybe could happen that maybe an MRI is hard to pick up so you know it's, it's a great point that you bring up about the uh, about the knee and the previous surgery and the lateral meniscus and doing a partial meniscectomy as opposed to actually repairing the meniscus. But, you know, when I hear that, the first thing that comes to my mind is not necessarily, um, yeah, this sets him up for another bad injury, but the first thing that comes to my mind is that, well, he's probably a little more likely to get arthritis down the line than he would have been otherwise if they were able to repair the meniscus as opposed to do a partial meniscectomy. You know, I don't love the fact that this is the same knee that's been injured before. Right. But but all we have to go on, we don't have access to his MRI. We don't no. have access to his medical records. And, of course, it is a little bit worrisome. But, you know, all we can do is make our best guess on what's going on and estimation on what's going on based on what they, the information they've released to us. And, you know, assuming that it is, in fact, just a hyperextension injury and with associated bone contusions. Well, first... What, what, what does that mean to you? What, what is a hyperextension injury, and, and, and uh, what do the bone contusions mean? So, yeah, I, I, I think it's important to point out that we are not his treating physicians. We don't have his records. We don't aren't speculating about his future. I think, in, in general, we're just talking about these injuries and what they, what they mean. But hyperextension, you know, injury is, you know, the knee is generally meant to go to, you know, as we in medicine refer to it, as zero degrees. So that's a straight knee. Um, in general, if it hyperextends, so it goes the opposite direction that it should. Which it looked like. Which on the, it looked like. If yeah, you look yeah, at a slow-mo of that yeah. or you look at a, a, a pick in, when it's at its max, you know, if you, if you look at some of the studies they've done out there on, on hyperextension and what starts to happen, at about 30 degrees, major ligaments start to tear, right? right. So ACL most likely, um, PCL sometimes, and then there's some other things, the posterior capsule, the back part of the knee starts to Bad rupture. Stuff, man. Yeah. So, you know, all the stuff in the back is in under tension, so it starts to pull and rip, and everything in the front is under compression, and then so we see the bones kind of smack into one another, which is where bone bruises come from. And, you know, bones are really amazing, right? So we all kind of work with them every day. And there's a, a macro structure, which is what we can see on an X-ray, which everybody's kind of familiar with. And then there's this little microstructure, which is kind of like this honeycomb kind of appearance if you look at it really closely under a microscope. And so a bone contusion is, uh, you know, I kind of think of it as a, a damage on a microscopic level to the, to the kind of that honeycomb, of, you know, structure of bone, but it doesn't damage the overall macrostructure. So it doesn't cause an actual crack that you can see on an x-ray, but it does cause a lot of inflammation and pain. And a little bit crunched. 
Yeah, a little bit crunched. It's like styrofoam. I, I kind of explain it to patients. It's like imagine taking a styrofoam ball and, and, and giving it a little rack with your knuckle, and you get a little little crunch in some of those. And you may not see a big dent in it, but it's it's damaged. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head with a few of these things. Like, so so I think about it with, like, posterior capsule, right? Where it's like a, it's basically a rope that goes from the back of the end of the thigh bone to the top of the shin bone. When he goes into that hyperextension sort of moment, uh, that, that that gets stretched. And sometimes there's some tearing of that. If it's really, really bad, it, that, that tearing extends right into the ligaments in the middle of the knee, the ACL. Yeah. And if you think of um, if you think of a li- that, that ACL being a sort of a pivot point, if the back is open and extending, the front is actually closing down. And that's where you get that, that, that bone contusion across the front. Have you seen some of these injuries in your practice when you're yeah, patients? yeah. You know, we, we I've, I've seen them as you have, Steve. And I, I think, you know, more often than not, we're seeing an injury like that. If I looked at his, I mean, if you asked me if I was a betting man, did he tear something? I'd say yes. Yeah, I agree. Just looking at the video. And first so, time? Yeah, first time through, yeah, I was I'd like, say, oh, look, God. he tore his ACL probably um, and possibly some other stuff. And uh, so, you know, again, we're all relieved to hear that he didn't. Um, but typically when we see an injury like that, we're seeing um, ACL, the outside part of the knee. We, we call that the posterior lateral corner. That's another thing that we see tear with hyperextension injuries. And they're all pretty complex. And, you know, unfortunately we've seen that. One of our other big Philly um, athletes, which is Carson Wentz, and, you know, when he got hurt, uh, the in- initial description was just an ACL. And then later we found out that it was actually that other set of ligaments as well, which, again, is why I'm a little bit cynical and, uh, you know, I hate to be that way, but it is what it is. The other issue that I'm a little bit worried about with these injuries is there's there's actually been some good studies that show that bad bone contusions can actually lead to progressive cartilage damage, Absolutely. which we don't see at time zero. You know, cartilage is something that we can't necessarily uh, recover from very well. Cartilage damage, cells don't heal, they don't reproduce as well as other cells, and so that damage shows up two to five years later and he's already maybe you know had some issues with his meniscus there there may be some of that to think about down the road and that's something that i always talk to patients about when we're when we're talking about bone bone bruises or bone contusions so let, let me ask you guys uh you know the, joel and b was averaging 30 points a game 12 uh 12 rebounds right three assists you know, steal assist a game why was the diagnosis of a bone contusion why is that significant, right? Like every, I think everybody woke up the next morning with the MRI report, which is the beauty of pro sports, right? There's no two-week wait for an MRI. They had that MRI that night. Everybody probably read on, you know, the reports, bone contusion. Why is that just so much different than, you know, you know as we know, a contusion is a fancy word for a bruise. And I think most people just thought it was a bruise. Why is that different? You know, why is there still concern? Why is it so much longer recovery for a, for a typical bone contusion? I, was, I think that you probably just hit it on the head there. I'm not sure there is a typical yeah, bone contusion. Right. And bone contusions can be extremely varied. I mean, there's a lot of studies that look at the surface area involved, where in the knee it's involved, and each of those different locations and different severities correlate to different outcomes so I, even though we've been reported to have yeah. you know bone contusion or bone bruise i still think that leaves me with a big question yeah. mark as to how bad this really is and 
how quickly he's going to be able to recover and what that means for him down the line. Does his size, you know, like we mentioned the opening of the show, seven feet, I don't even think that's exactly accurate. He's probably closer to seven two, closer to 300 pounds. Does that play a significant role in the recovery? I think it plays a significant role in his injury mechanism, yeah. for sure. You know, when we, when we look at studies about how much stress there is on a knee, you know, when you're, when you're running and jumping and landing hard, it's like an eight times body weight kind of right. force on your knee. You know, a lot right. of people don't realize that. So for a guy like that, that's a pretty significant number. Yeah. All that force is on his knee. Yeah. So that's how much it's like taking a, you know, a hammer that, that weighs that much, you know, eight times his body weight and, and right. striking the, you know, his, his bone. And, that, you know, so yeah, I do, I, I do think that yeah. has some... It's a lot more pressure yeah. on that bone bruise. A lot more than if I yeah. did right. that. The bone contusion... You know, there's sort of gradations, right? On the, on the lower level, when you when you take this hit, the when the bone takes this hit, when the two the, the front part of the bone they bang into each other, the, the end of the thigh bone, top of the shin bone, they hit each other with enough force that it causes some bruising in the bone. But if they hit each other with more force, it would actually cause cracking across the bone. Now that needs time to heal. There are guys out there who will put people on people who have a bone contusion on crutches to give that time to heal, right? So Joel Embiid is monster of a guy right and, and he's gonna be putting a lot of weight on it so i think that factors into the recovery process time that he needs off of that and and like uh like dr bernardini was just saying you know the original hit is across the cartilage layer and then it gets the, the stress gets conferred through the cartilage layer and into the bone that's underneath and you see a bone bruising pattern so that that cartilage layer also took that hit so we yeah. have to worry about down the line is is that was that cartilage layer damaged? It may look okay on MRI initially, but down the line, it could yeah. be a problem. That's why I think that's why it's important. It, you know, I think we all took a sigh of relief, right, when you heard that. Right. Well, at least the general population did. But I, I think we kind of know, uh, you know, that that isn't necessarily a good thing. Still, better it's than better an than an ACL, ACL. Yeah, yeah, right, for right, sure. right, absolutely. But, but not out of the woods. Yeah, not out of the woods at not all. Out of the and neck then, of the woods. Not neck of the woods. That's nice. Nice, nice lead in. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think it's still concerning. And, you know, the fact that he's had other stuff going yeah. on in the knee. Uh, you know, Jason, Steve, and I were all involved with the Philadelphia Soul. Um, you know, and we were taking care of those guys before the league folded. And we would get to see these guys in preseason and do evaluations. And, and uh, you know, these guys, these pro athletes are warriors. I don't think people realize how much stress they put their bodies through and how much of an impact it can have in at an early age, you know, in life. I mean, you see some of these guys are pretty beat up by the time they're 30, right? It's so, tough. Assuming that the MRI was true, right? Yeah. What are, what are the suggestions from you guys? You, you see this guy in the, in the ortho room. You, you diagnose it. What are your suggestions? What helps the bone contusion heal? What gets him back to the, to the court quicker? So I, I think that... Um, the determining factor is not necessarily the bone bruise. You know, we kind of focused on that up until this until this point during the conversation. But part of the hyperextension inj injury is what happens to the joint capsule in the back of the knee, right? Typically, there's a little bit of a stretch. Sometimes there's even a tear. Sometimes that tear extends around the sides. And just like Dr. Bernardini was talking about, that can turn into something called a Feel free to call point. me Brad, Steve. All right, all right. I don't know if I know you well enough. <laughs> all, right, all right, So, So that can turn into a posterior lateral corner injury. 
right? And then the posterior lateral corner injury is a whole nother level. We have to assume, based on the the assessment that uh, we've been given uh, as the public, that th- that has not happened in this particular situation. But I think that's sort of the um, the determining factor, the 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 rate limiting step, so to speak, in terms of recovery process. I'm not not as worried about the bone contusion. It tends to heal, takes a few weeks, it gets better, and we, we really want to try to be mindful of the of the of the posterior capsular injury. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think so. You know, to Jay's point, what what do, what do we do to get him back? I think he's absolutely going to have started right off the bat doing things to get the inflammation down, um, make this sure that ice compression, ice compression, NSAIDs, all those, some of those yeah, things. Yeah. You know, there's definitely some science that shows that if he's got a swollen knee, it's going to shut down his quad a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So we want to make sure there's no swelling in yes. his knee. So he's rehabbing right rehabbing. now. Rehabbing. Yeah, we yeah. want to get his mm-hmm. muscles firing again. Yeah. Um, we want to make sure he's got good range of motion, that he's got good muscle function. Um, you can start to atrophy within as few as two yeah. weeks. Yeah. And if that happens, then that's not good for a pro athlete, right. especially a guy who's on an MVP hunt. Making uh, a run. Yeah. So the other thing that I worry about and that we I know we've all talked about a little bit is the the psychological aspects of an injury especially for a guy who's been a little bit prone to hurt and have these injuries and how do these things affect pro athletes or any athlete for that matter I mean there's there's some studies that show that people who have had injuries and have had surgeries to successfully like an ACL successfully repair it they've got maybe a 25 to 50% return to sport rate. The higher the comp- level of competition, the the less likely it is. And that's with successful surgery and, and, you know, an appropriate recovery. So the psychological aspects of a guy who's been hurt over and over and over again play into it. And I'm sure he's got all the best resources there for him to help him through that as a pro athlete. But those are things that I kind of consider too. It's not just the physical, it's the, it's the social as well. So Jason, this is more, a guy comes in, guy has this injury, you know, um, we're fortunate enough to get an MRI relatively quickly, or we're kind of going through the same the usual protocols. We get the MRI, and 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 we come comes back, hyperextension injury, bone contusions, and we say, all right, we're going to PT this, we're going to get you off of it, we're going to you know do this the, the other thing, and um, we, we're sending them over to you. You're 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 the trainer, and you're working on it. What kind of stuff are you having them do? Uh, and that's partially the reason why I asked you guys the same question, right? I mean, I've had a handful of bone contusions in my time, uh, both in pro baseball, both in pro football. You know, I've never found that one thing that this is the the end-all, be-all, right? I mean, it's a, it's a lot of just ice and, and, and like we had said, the, the NSAIDs and, and the rehab. Um, you know, I had a baseball player once with a bone contusion in, in his distal radius that, I mean, he just dealt with it all season, all 100 and. 40 games if it happened a quarter of the way through. I mean, he played 100 games. Every swing of the bat hurt him. Yeah, right. Um, you, you know, I've I, I never found that this is the end-all, be-all for, you know, this is what's going to cure it the fastest, you yeah. know. And I wasn't sure if there was something out there that maybe I had missed over the years. But, you know, and, and, and everybody was different, right? You know, some people bounced back quick. Some people, you know, took longer. Things yeah. lingered, things like that. Yeah, I, I think historically – Injuries like this, you know, if you talk to some of the old school guys, you know, we were pretty, not we now, but we, the medical profession, was pretty quick to, you know, inject cortisone and do things like that. And, you know, and we have gotten away from that now, I think. You know, there's other options for treatments um, for things like this. 
you know, there's some what we call orthobiologic options. Steve does a lot of that in his practice where, you know, injecting stem no. cells. <laughs> <laughs> stem cell injections, something called PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma. And, you know, those have been shown to help kind of decrease inflammation, maybe aid healing. Steve, I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit and if it has any role right. in bone contusion or maybe just inflammation in the joint, things so, like that. So there, there's a little bit of extrapolation going on for that. There's some things called bone marrow lesions, right? And if you have a, say, a cartilage defect, a hole in your cartilage, you have otherwise nice cartilage. And um, it's, also, it's, a, it's a well-paved ro- road with a, with a little pothole in the middle of the road. Um, so so the, it's not just generalized arthritis, cobblestone road, but actually a well-paved road with a, with a, with a pothole. Um, sometimes that stress that's right at the level of the pothole from people, you know, walking on it and the, 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 you know, between one, one side of the joint and the other side of the joint will cause essentially bone marrow Yeah, it acts like a bruising. bone bruise. Yeah, bone right. bruise. And we call them bone marrow lesions. And there's a school of thought that the bone marrow lesions are the pain generators. So, so there's a, there's a role for, for orthobiologics. Orthobiologics typically, typically being something called platelet rich plasma, platelet rich plasma being you draw off some blood, you spin it down in a centrifuge. There's a layer, the plasma layer, which has concentrated platelets, i.e. platelet-rich plasma. And you can inject that, uh, believe it or not, into the bone, into the bone marrow lesion, and it may jumpstart the healing process. And then there's a similar version of that where you actually take bone marrow, uh, usually from the pelvis, where, where, where stem cells are the most concentrated. And so bone marrow aspirate concentrate. concentrate. Uh, you spin that, well, the bone marrow aspirate, which is, drawing off the bone marrow and then spinning it down concentrating those cells i.e. stem cells um, and you can inject those into the the bone contusion or the bone marrow lesion and it may jump start or accelerate the healing process you know and just just to be clear um, that 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 stuff is considered investigational by the FDA right now it's stuff that um, is nice being disclaimer studied. it's the truth and so you got to be honest about it and 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 um, uh, there, there, there are studies kind of on both sides of the fence on that one. Studies that say that no, that stuff doesn't make a difference, and then studies that say yeah, that stuff does make a difference. So, so we're still in the shakeout period. It's a little bit frustrating. It seems like we've been studying this for a while. Um, initially, you know, ten years ago when the studies were happening, it didn't really seem like it made a difference. But there have been advances since that point in time, and it now seems, it's being looked at again and studied again. That there's some good science that suggests it decreases inflammation when injected right. into a joint. Absolutely. We do it for arthritis. Right. We do it for inflammation. It does right. a really good job of decreasing swollen, size of swollen knees, things like that. Sure. So, you know, I imagine that he's got all those things at his disposal. And, um, you know, but the reality is those things aren't just reserved for pro athletes. There's are available out there in the in the community now. So I think... Those are all probably things that, you know, they're working on, you know, with him and, and we would work on with, with our patients. I don't know. I'd be surprised, though. I mean, maybe they are. Maybe they're doing it. But I'd be a little bit surprised if they're injecting into bone in him yeah, with no, the I idea that he's coming back to basketball fairly soon. Yeah, right. no, I agree. Right, right, right. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't expect into the bone. But if he's got a joint that's swollen, Absolutely. things like that. You know, the other thing that we don't know is um, where the bone contusion is. And there's actually a lot of... A lot of things we'd think about differently if we knew where the bone contusion was. For is sure. it on the outside of the knee, the inside of the knee, the front, the back? And those bone contusions tell us a lot about what kind of injury happened. So, you know, on our boards tests, so we um, take these boards tests periodically, and one of the very common questions that they'll give us, is they'll give us a, a, a picture of just a bone bruise pattern in the knee, 
and they'll ask you what the diagnosis is. And very often it's a picture of a bone contusion on the outside part of the knee that is uh, almost always equals an ACL tear. And you can tell just by the bone bruise pattern. So, so knowing where they are would actually give us a little bit more information that we can't really comment on because we're not his treating physicians. But You'd like to think that based on what's been described to us, that the bone bruising pattern is an anterior bone bruise, so in the front of the knee, on the shin bone and the tibia, which, would, which coincides with that hyperextension type mechanism. But you're right, we don't know. Uh, we we, don't we know. just don't know. Well, I was going to carry on. So, you know, here's where we're at now. The, the injury happened on March 12th. Uh, the original timeline was two to three weeks. And I, I think we've discussed that everyone's timeline for this type of injury is going to be different, right? Uh, but we, you know, Coach Doc Rivers came out yesterday, uh, said he had a press conference. You know, it was obviously brought up in conversation. Where's Joel Embiid at in his recovery? Doc Rivers said he's close. He's, he's very close. He said he, he's... He's got to pass a few parameters, and he he openly said, "I don't know what those parameters are." In your guys' opinion, you know, what it, what it, what has to happen before they clear him? What are they looking? What is the physician, the athletic trainer, is looking for before he's given the green light? Even even before he answers that, what what has been your experience in terms of timeline for this injury? Even before that, is Doc Rivers a doc? No, he is. No, Doc, Doc Rivers is not a doc. He but just he has a very. He's talking about. He has a very unfortunate nickname for yeah, this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's open about. It. He's like you know yeah, I, I'm not nah, on that side. I um, I've just been told by my staff that he's close. Yeah, and, and he do, he doesn't even really know what that means, and he says that. Yeah. So you know we do a lot of that stuff, right, yeah. Jay? You do yeah. a lot of that stuff, and um, you know when we see people in the office, we've got a you know an, an eight by eight space with mm-hmm. a. A little exam table and you know generally what I like to see at a minimum is no swelling right full range of motion right and at least full strength with just some body weight tests in the office sure and then we'll ship him over to a guy like Jason yeah who will bring him into the you know the gym bring him into you know turf field yeah. or court whatever yeah. your sport may be yeah. and we do have some return to play protocols mm-hmm. that we put people through with regard to more dynamic high impact type thing. So we talked earlier about how much force generation there is at the level of the knee with certain activities. So when you walk, it's like three times body weight. When you jump, it's like six to eight times body weight. So all we can do in the office is that, you know, that, that yeah. first Squat. stage, right? Yeah. Squat, walk, motion, you know, all those normal parameters, yeah. make sure their knee's stable. And then we send them over to you, Jay, and, and then you guys take it from there. And generally... That's uh, you know, making sure they can decelerate, accelerate, they can jump and land properly. Yeah. They have good confidence. They have good yeah. mechanics. They're not having pain while they're doing certain activities. And, and we're basically looking for them to go through, in this case, basketball activities pain-free. Right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then also yep. that he's not favoring it. It's not all yeah. his weight on the right. other leg and setting himself up for the second injury because he wasn't ready to come back from the first one. Yeah. Right. I, you know, I'll tell you my experience. I've seen, I've seen a few of these injuries along the way. And, and typically, my, 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 my experience has been three to four weeks on uh, the, the lower end of the scale. Yeah. And I hate to say up to 10 weeks, maybe right. 12 weeks, on the, on the higher end of yeah. the scale. We don't know the severity injuries. of it. Right. 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 So, right. I mean, I totally agree with you. So, so I'm hopeful, you know, for, for, for the sake of the, of the Sixers and the sake yeah. of Joel Embiid and, you know, as a fan, I'm hopeful that this is, you know, more of your two-week, three-week, four-week, yeah. you know, and, it, and maybe we're close. It sounds like, you know, from the original – 
we're, we're right on the timeline, right? Like he got to about three weeks, and it sounds yeah. like, you know, as Doc Rivers said, he's close, yeah. right? So it sounds like we're on pace, Yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would love for him to be on pace. Yeah. And this is an important time, right? I mean, like I said, this has uh, been years coming. I, I think they're in a a good a good position to actually contend for a, at least an Eastern Conference championship, and right. if not an NBA championship. We trusted uh, the process, and it's now been a here long we time are. coming, right? Like this seriously. is seriously. Uh, but we, there's no doubt that we, you know, based on you know what he provides for a team, they need him back, huh? Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You know, and I got to tell you a little step from this. What a good time in sports it is right now, yeah. right? Like, like you think about <laughs> the baseball all-star break. It's the antithesis of where we are right now. Mm-hmm. It's so low that the ESPN made up a sports award show yeah. to yeah. fill the void, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. But instead, yeah. right now, yeah. we have hockey sort of on its way to the playoffs, basketball on its way to the playoffs, opening day, baseball tomorrow, right. NFL, NFL uh, draft, draft coming up. about yeah. a month. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like, like March Madness. We're yeah. Final Four determined. Final Four next week. Like, like. Shout out to my a- wife for uh, right now being the head and shoulders leader of the reconstructive orthopedics Strong. bracket pool. Wow. You're kidding me. Gonna run away with it. That's Seriously? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I was- and she did the bracket. Wouldn't even let me look at it I don't before even she try. did. I'm even trying. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Congrats. All right, guys. Well, that's going to about wrap it up for tonight. We're going to get ready to close our tab out. We want to thank, uh, you know, first and foremost, Dr. Frey, Dr. Bernardini for joining us tonight. Uh, Shout out to all our sponsors. Uh, First and foremost, Neck of the Woods Brewing Company for having us here on site each and every week. Again, located inside, beautiful total turf experience for all your sporting needs. Reconstructive Orthopedics and the Energy Lab. You know, please subscribe. Find us wherever you find your your podcast. And uh, look for us each and every week. Signing out, guys. Thank you.